passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible, conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister and putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Postmarks, an episode where we talk to members of the post-wrestling community. This is an iconic day, I think, in post-wrestling history. Uh, my name is David Myers, and I'm joined by my co-host, Bruce Lord. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David, it is indeed an iconic day in, uh, I, I, I go so far as to say not just postmarks, but post-wrestling uh, history. This is a day that, you know, we, I think, imagined uh, when you first pitched the idea of postmarks to me. Uh, to paraphrase Chris Jericho from the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior video, the stars of the Grimlock system have arrived, and we are joined by none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Brandon Castro, Brandon from New Jersey, to paraphrase you yourself, what's up? <laughs> How are you guys? Uh, yeah, uh, a long time coming. Uh, a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of miscommunications on my end, and uh, a lot of uh, false false starts. And uh, but uh, here we are. We finally got him. We finally caught him in the in the spider cave. <laughs> There's a line in a musical called "It's uh, Seesaw." It's not where you start, where you finish. So we finished. We got here. So many questions. First question. I'm ready for my RF I, video shoot interview. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Get you some room, get you some room service. You know, get you a little Salisbury steak. Right, or you something. guys, yeah. you guys played the pre paid the premium. Uh, I didn't even. I, I, I guess I held out a couple of times to get the the, the monetary fee I wanted. <laughs> wanted to be taken are. to Red Lobster. Wanted to be taken to Red Lobster. Yep. <laughs> I love the biscuits. Let's go. <laughs> all the dirt, all the secrets are going to be revealed. But my first question that I've been wanting to ask you for years of hearing you call in, I'm also from New Jersey, from Fort Lee, New Jersey. Where are you from New Jersey? Or are you just currently residing in New Jersey? And no, I'm where from New here, Jersey. Yeah. Are, are, are you, uh, where are you from? Uh, well, I don't want to give my exact location because I don't, I don't want the haters to come uh, assassinate me. No, I'm from outside of Atlantic City, a uh, little hovel called uh, uh, Folsom. <laughs> it's in South Jersey in the in the blueberry country. <laughs> so I, I'm in North Jersey. So people who aren't listening who are from New Jersey, a lot of but I'm, I'm wearing Bergen Catholic wrestling shorts, so uh, I'm representing North. Yes. Wait, did you? So it was never given to me by a, a parishioner. Okay, so you didn't go to Bergen Catholic. No, 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 no. I, I, I've, that I've that been, is where I've, I've lived in South Jersey my whole life, but uh, the wrestling community uh, I'm very friendly with. So. Uh, well, for good reason. You're, I don't know, you, you are like an icon of post-wrestling. Um, oh, so too, do you, do you ever go to all the shows that are in Atlantic City? It's like a pretty big market. Do you go to shows now? Did you go in the past? Uh, so <laughs> I don't want to give away my age, but <laughs> no, we, we used to go to like the ECW shows at, uh, at, uh, 2300 arena, uh, uh, I think we went to uh, Night of the Skywalkers. My dad, uh, not the show, but they were doing house shows uh, in a, in a Philadelphia at the convention center. Uh, we went to those shows, so uh, those were those were pretty wild. Like, and uh, you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to get off of uh, what would you call it? Uh, whatever. But uh, get off topic. This podcast off topic, to but no, nah, um, no, nah, but 
when I when I uh, came back to wrestling, we used to go to uh, the CZW shows in uh, Washington Township. They used to be having shows locally all the time and out there and whatnot. So uh, I don't, but I don't, I don't go to like the GCW shows now. But I went to the CZW shows back in the day. Uh, so uh, yeah, but that that was uh, my extent of going to wrestling shows. You were talking about you know Jersey and and roots there, but I've kind of intuited or at least gathered you know, over the years from here and there that you've kind of, uh, whether it's from, for work or school or just, you know, personal moving that you've kind of lived in a whole bunch of different places. If I'm remembering correctly, you've spent a bunch of time in Florida. There's your incredibly deep knowledge of obscure central Canadian culture and geography and landmarks, which far eclipses that of myself, an actual Canadian. Um, so, so what exactly is sort of the arc or path of of all of the places that you've sort of lived or moved, uh, or that you find yourself traveling to? Because it, you, you you know you just come across as somebody who has you know has very much like not been just like kept down on the farm. You've kind of been all over the place. Well, I I didn't I didn't live in a bunch of places. I just had a lot of jobs. <laughs> but uh, no, for work I you know I do I do travel a lot. But um um. Yeah, my my wealth of knowledge with your Canadian country, <laughs> it's, it's weird because it, it was through, uh, uh, you know, we we didn't have cable for a while. And then when we finally got it, it was through uh, ESPN and my love of hockey and the Montreal Canadiens before I, I'm, I'm a Flyers fan, but I love those Canadian teams with Patrick Waugh and uh, John Lecher and those, and those, uh, those guys and, and the like, 93 and, what, and whatnot. Um, but it was through trade deadline day. We finally got it. In uh, on ESPN, they showed the Canadian feed, the the, uh, mm. the TSN uh, trade deadline day, and I was like, I I, I developed a, a fetish for <laughs> Canadian <laughs> Canadian like uh, trade deadline uh, the banter, and then they started showing the commercials and how different your commercials are compared to the states yeah. with different product and whatnot. And I developed a, a, an interest in that, and uh, that that's how the ball got started with uh, <laughs> my love of your country. <laughs> I, I, I went on a date with someone from Canada uh, a few weeks ago, and I was like, the only thing I remember about being in Canada was uh, um, ketchup-flavored potato chips. So, Right, yes. I, I saw oh, yeah. that in the Toronto. I had that. It was the tasty. It's very good. I think um, – who? oh, God, who was it? Uh, Brett Laurie, the kind of washed-out uh, one-time Blue Jays prospect, was yes. actually the spokesperson for when Pringles launched – uh, ketchup flavored chips in the states for the very first time, and as an American who had been embraced by Canadian culture, Brett Laurie was like, "Yes, these things are a Canadian institution for a reason." Uh, so yeah, I, again, have again, Brett, I have a Brett Laurie counter story. Please, 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 please. Go it was ahead. with his sister, though. Uh, she uh, kind of uh, <laughs> she kind of hit on me for something, but uh, that's the extent of the story. I'll, I'll get it. <laughs> oh wow. I was at I was at the helmet throwing game. You remember the game where he like spiked his yeah, helmet after yes. the shitty after the shitty third strike call and it bounced up and hit the ump. I was at that game and man, that was a that was a tense tense finish. If we you know we're coming uh, to to let people know we're just a few days after the uh, the finish of uh, elimination chamber and you know Montreal just completely deflating. That was the opposite. That was oh, the, yeah. the Sky Dome just ready to fucking pop. Um, we're talking here a good de- amount about you know shoot sports or real sports outside of wrestling um, and. I would say from what I've been able to pick up here and there with the possible exception of Nate Milton, I don't know that there's anybody in the post wrestling world who has as deep and wide a knowledge of actual, you know, traditional, whether it's big four or whatever sports as you. And I've gathered from here and there that you've kind of talked about your own background, like as an athlete in high school, possibly even in college, do you want to maybe just sort of talk about, what sort of so, role sports had growing up and then and how that's developed over the years. So in high school, I wrestled. I wasn't that good, but I, I tried out. It was a really fun sport, uh, especially culture-wise. And what the, the basic principles it teaches you how to, you know, sacrifice and whatnot and, and achieve what you want to achieve and believe in. No matter if you're good or bad, it, it, that sport really pushes you to, to your limits, whether it be weight cutting or just the grind of working out and whatnot. And that, that's the sport I play. Cause I also, I'm, I'm a small guy. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not like you, uh, brew dog. You're like seven <laughs> foot. You're, you're <laughs> and whatnot. And, I, and, uh, Mike, I, I don't, uh, Michael, I don't know if you're tall or not, but, uh, you seem, you seem like a tall gentleman, right? Uh, just, just correction. My name is actually David. Why is it this? It, it comes up Michael on your thing. It's a very confusing story. 
Basically, I created a web series where I played a character named Michael. Um, oh, okay. And <laughs> I left that in. So Okay, not Josh Groban then. How about that? Yeah. Just call me not Josh Groban for the entire rest of the podcast, and it will be great. We can edit that out. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no. But anyway, um, yeah, so I, I, wrestled, I did wrestling for a little bit. I tried it in my junior college, and then I got hurt, and then I moved on in my life. But I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. And uh, mm. I really wanted to do that because I love, like, sports, especially baseball and basketball and football, hockey I love, until the Flyers completely started sucking, which they are now. And they got – when you hear this, they just got blown out by the devil, 7 nothing. And I wish they would fire the GM and blow it all up, but they're not because they're so stubborn. But anyway, um, yeah, my love of sports is is ridiculous, and uh, especially, like, niche sports like MMA and wrestling and I follow way too close to for the better bit of my health, <laughs> which is like, which can be not good sometimes. But um, yeah, uh, that that's the extent of my sports background. But uh, and I, <laughs> I read sports books, uh, statistical books, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to Bruce in a DM about during the World Series about you know Toronto Blue Jays history and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, my I, I love ba- baseball is probably my number one sport, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know. 93, Juan Guzman, all those guys. I love love those Jays, especially when they spanked the Phillies. Paul Molitor, Ricky Henderson, that that was a dope squad, even though Mitch Williams, uh, I cried when he gave up the home run. But yeah, uh, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. And then I realized I, had, I was like too, I, I could be a mush mouth sometimes and whatnot. And that's not good when you want to be a broadcaster. But, uh, you know, some people won't encourage you to, you know, never give up or whatever. But uh, that's either here or there, but uh, yeah, I wanted to be a broadcaster. I, I, let me. I'm going to encourage you. Like, never, never give up. I mean, you've. It's. I guess I'm Bruce. I'm going to go back on your thing saying that wrestling is not a real sport. I'm going to. Okay, yeah, I know, I know. Now I've got I'm, heat with I'm, the any actual wrestlers who happen to be listening I'm, to this. I'm yeah, you know what I'm a, talking about. I'm going to be a wrestling defender and look at Brent. You ended up on, on a podcast network. We've literally been like waiting. You're like, you are a, you are a part of the post wrestling world. You're like a guaranteed and needed part of this podcast network. So one, not to say that actual like bigger dreams can still happen, but in a way, you know, someone I hung out with an actor once in LA and he's like, you know what? I was further along than me. He's like, my dreams may not have happened actually as I wanted them, but in some way they came true. You wanted to be a broadcaster. I know for me, I like look forward to your calls. I think John and Way, even though they sometimes act like they don't, they look forward to those calls on every podcast. So here you are, you've become like a wanted and like celebrated part of like a pretty decent, you know, like a uh, audio community. Yeah, it's bizarre how we find our niches in certain things in life. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm appreciative that they give me the runway to uh, talk my nonsense, whether it be good or bad. But uh, Well, and specifically with the broadcasting thing, right? This is now like what you've done two or three of the watch-alongs with correct. them of like the WBF and, and the Rumble one and whatnot. And those are fantastic. Like I get – like that is like – there's the part of me, like, as much as, like, there's times when I, like, I'm like, oh, I want to, like, track all the really good stuff from Japan, blah, 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 blah. There are times when I just want to watch goofy-ass, terrible wrestling at, like, kind of that, you know, MST3K, Mystery Science Theater, with, wow. you know, with a bunch cool. of funny dudes cracking me up while I watch it and everything. And that is absolutely what those two things have given me uh, so far. I'm always I'm always at work when you guys are doing them live, so I can't actually watch them live. But going back and watching them, uh, it just gives me that, like, just nice, warm little feeling of just, like, funny dudes watching something uh, and, and riffing on it. Um so you've been talking, we've been talking a little bit about sports we could probably do a whole detour into the whole, like, why Philly thing, <laughs> you know, uh, in particular, why, why the well, Philly? Well, because he's, right he's right out, he's right outside Philly. Yeah. But, but not, but not like the Jersey teams or like, I know the Devils or anything like that, or I don't Devils know. Are that, in that's North all North, the, the part of oh, Jersey okay. that Brandon's in is like based, you're, you're much closer to Philadelphia than like Northern Jersey and New oh, York. Okay. And all so the, it's, all it's the like Jersey this. teams are based there. So it's like this and not Josh Groban knows this. It's either Taylor Ham or Pork Roll. In North or South Jersey or, or Central Jersey too, if we want to count them. So we call it pork roll, and and up north they call it Taylor Ham, and it's just been a feud. It's been a feud for decades, for centuries. But uh, it, it yeah, really- I mean, it, it's 
like North Jersey's <laughs> we're going we're going way off topic, but yeah, it's like there's no off topic in this podcast. It's wherever the road <laughs> leads us. That's the joy of it. What was that Back to the Future quote? That where we're going, there are no roads. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Okay, yeah, so um, yeah, I'm more closer to Philadelphia. Now. Okay, so it's just ge- geography. See, this geography. is this is just me me exposing my left coast elite well, liberal from, bias. From, you know that I, I my my well, ivory tower. You're, you're Canadian, well, you're, Bruce. You're a Calgary guy, right? Nothing. <laughs> Vancouver. Vancouver. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I mean, do spend an inordinate amount in time of of time in Calgary, I'm going to be uh, going to be checking out that bar that Bret Hart opened uh, nice. this summer. So, yeah, well, but I'll, the, I'll there's a distinct difference. Vancouver is more, you know, uh, uh, you know, liberal, and then uh, you got the country folk in Calgary, right? Am I yep. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, either country folk or oil folk, specifically in Calgary and Edmonton, uh, generally. Pennsylvania. <laughs> Wait, Brent. Brent, how many times have you been in Canada? Uh, twice the two Toronto trips. Uh, <laughs> that's the first one, which was a complete disaster because <laughs> I didn't realize how far Etobicoke was from Toronto proper. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's like uh, I think it's like forty five minutes or something like that. Uh, and uh, and the Uber charges were ridiculous. And then the second time was uh was uh, when AEW came and gave us a shitty show and and <laughs> where the Marlies play at. But uh, th- those are the only two times I've been there. Yeah, it's the Toronto, the Metro Toronto sprawl is a real, real thing. Having lived outside of it for uh, for a couple of years there, it's that it's 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 much, much, much bigger uh, than you'd actually think. Um, one thing to kind of a bit of a bit of a left turn here. Uh, one thing that I wanted to broach on this that you've talked hinted at here and there uh, on uh, other podcasts, wellness policy or whatever it is, uh, is just sort of the way that you sort of have been uh, thinking about or reflecting upon humor and the whole sort of way that you approach, you know, life and speaking to people and, and, and everything like that. Uh, and you've made some references here and there about how kind of within your family, like just, you know, kind of humor and cracking on each other and just like riffing and everything like that is just kind of the, the lingua franca or sort of the, the, the basic nature of things. I think people would be really curious to sort of know like where this, you know, for us at least, you know, this very incredible and unique and, and warm and cool and exciting personality comes from, but maybe to you, it's just sort of like, Oh, well, this is just kind of how I grew up uh, in, in terms of, you know, uh, kicking back and forth with people. Oh yeah. Um, I think we got it from our mom. Uh, we were all together, you know, by the time of this recording, this will be, we were all together last night. Uh, just, I guess, uh, my brother's, uh, uh, team that he, uh, his rec team, he, uh, they had a beef and beer and, and, uh, we all got tickets and whatnot. So we all, it was an opportunity for all of us to hang out together and just, you know, break balls and stuff like that. But that's the type of our environment we came from. Just like, you know, we were always, uh, those are like not only my siblings, but they're like my my closest friends and whatnot. Uh, you know, through good and bad and indifferent. Like you know, we've been through some shit, a lot of shit actually. And like the way we usually get through it is through humor. <laughs> we uh, you know, through dark times and through good times, it's just, we uh make each other laugh. And uh, I mean, <laughs> other family members when they see us like cracking jokes at funerals and stuff like that, they uh disapprove and whatnot. Cause uh, but I don't know. That's a, that's the way we grieve and uh. You know, that's us when we're not going to deviate from who we are as uh, as what we've grown up to do. And I don't I don't I don't see a bad thing in that. And people grieve differently or not. I don't want to get into. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mean to deviate to grieving, but, you know, no, that's just how great. we are. And that's how we were raised and whatnot. And uh, uh, I don't that's not going to change. and whatnot. But we got it from our mother. My dad's also pretty big Paul Buster as well. And uh, <laughs> oh, man. Just busting each other's nut, uh, chops in, in public and whatnot. It's just uh, you know we just basically rib on each other and stuff like that, and, and it's it's a good thing. That's how uh, that's how that's how it is. that's how we are, <laughs> and that's how I am. Like I, I don't know that that's just uh, uh, whenever I I just whenever there's something negative I I go through like in any any form of life I just find a, uh, something funny to to laugh about to brighten my day to. Uh, take away the pain or whatnot i mean i think that's why we we wanted to do this podcast is like to show you know at just just learn more about people and other sides of people and i think that's what makes post wrestling different is it's not just oh you know come in and we'll recap the show and you'll you know come in and give your thoughts but you know we learn all about each other 
uh, as people. And it's so awesome to hear your story and hear you be uh, so real. I think, I don't know, I think authenticity is uh, something there's not a lot of in the world. I went to down to Florida for a, a play I had produced and they like stuck me with the donors and all of a sudden I got into this conversation about how like I went through like abuse as a child. I was like, oh no, what did I do? And they, the director came over the next day and they're like, the donors loved you. I'm like, really? And they're like, all these rich people, I'm like why? They're like, because you found me so authentic. <laughs> And I don't know. Yeah, I just just love hearing like the, the actual use. I think a lot of people, I don't know, you are funny. You're such an engaging personality. I agree with Bruce. When that watch long, I was like, this is fucking hilarious. I would listen to one of these uh, a week. The first, the first one, I agree. The second one was kind of a, a bad rumble pick because I hadn't seen that rumble in a long time. And looking back, that was a horrible rumble. It but, was a horrible rumble, but it was such a great trip down memory lane through all of these absolutely terrible gimmicks that – really define that period but that's you know i think i've talked about this before like that's the period that i almost in some ways like was really when i was first jumping on right was you know just pre-attitude and everything and so just having that like look back on it with you and john in particular just going like oh right of course now this guy coming out like god damn it you know that's you need that stuff well i kind of hate oh go for it go for it no go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead all right, well, I hate to go back to wrestling because I'm sure we'll get to other stuff. But I do have a big question about this. Like you said, ECW is more your thing. But being like a Jersey guy, even South Jersey, were you didn't you not love like this WWF? I think we're all like in the same age range. Like you didn't love like the 90s like WWF? No, I hated it, dude. I I, I was we're out here. They showed NWA also and, and, and WCW. Uh, but it was more NWA and I love that. I love that shit. Like I, I rode Nitro till the end. And then when Nitro died, like my fandom died with it, like for a while. And, uh, yeah, I, it was, it was, it was WCW, uh, to the end. I, I love that shit. Like so, I couldn't, I, I, like I tried to get into the attitude era, but you know, and rewatching it now, it still doesn't really, you know, certain things are more cool, but for the most part, it just wasn't me. You know what I mean? It, I was just going to ask you this. It- like what turned you out? Was it like the sex, like the no. you know the aggressiveness? Like what was it about? Like a step, early WWF, I get. I kind of like the cartoony thing, but Attitude Era was like the most popular. I agree. Like I liked in a way, a lot of ways, I like Nitro better than uh, and yeah. But I would just be interested here. Like what was it about it that even you go so like when you see like Austin come back and wrestle Kevin Owens, it's is are you just like not a fan or like well, what no, what about no. it just like didn't do it for you? Oh, uh, respect respect to Austin. Uh, no, I was a fan of his. I liked him at WCW too. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Fair enough. Stunning Steve. Yeah, he was awesome, uh, especially when he was in the uh, uh, Dangerous Alliance and stuff like that. But and the Hollywood Blondes. But uh, no, nah, when he came back and, and wrestled uh, Kevin Owens, I was cool and stuff like that. But uh, you know what turned me off was like the whole gold dusting when he was a dominatrix and stuff. I remember him being the natural the Dustin Rhodes. I was like, that was that was awesome, dude. <laughs> I thought I thought when he was gonna when he was in AEW, I thought he was gonna be more of the natural than you know. Half half his face is the Darth Maul. I didn't I didn't really jive with that, but yeah, I didn't like that. Uh, I thought some of the uh, angles were kind of lame. Like, I mean, it wasn't as lame as like the the seven years of the NWO and the different amalgamations and what and whatnot and and, and what I, that they ran that shit to the ground. But uh, yeah, some of the attitude here didn't really grab me. Like, you know, I mean, and, and plus I'm a man of like it's hard for me to. Uh, change <laughs> you know i'm kind of stubborn to a fault with with certain things and and that i, I didn't change the channel like i was like fuck it wcw is gone i'm gonna take a sabbatical <laughs> it's interesting because so often as we've been doing these episodes with people who are roughly within you know like a five or six year age range uh of, of of myself and david so often we're hearing people say like oh yeah i was like seven years old and i saw these like incredibly colorful like cartoon characters slash superheroes come to life and i wanted to know who the ultimate warrior is but between this and like i remember you like at one point waxing very nostalgic about the crockett cup at one point on a on an episode years ago or looking forward to the new crockett cup oh yes um, like it's i'm getting the sense that it's maybe more that like quote traditional you know southern rootin tootin like bare knuckle brawling like the more quote realistic side of like 
NWA, WCW, Jim Crockett that maybe drew you in at a younger age rather than the more over the top colorful cartoon character side of, of, of things in the WWF. Yeah, I mean, they look more relatable than, you know, your inflated gigantic Hulk Hogan's and Ultimate Warriors and and things of that nature. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I wanted a little more grit, more realism in your wrestling. And, and that grabbed me uh, more so than, the, you know, your uh, Andre. Well, Andre the Giant was fine, but, um, you know, like Hulk Hogan and, and, and his bullshit. That thing. I, I I I could we can go on a on a on a, on a run of how much I despised uh, Hulk Hogan. I was more for the heels than than uh, Terry Belay. Can you can you can you cut a promo on Hulk Hogan for us? <laughs> no. You don't have to. I don't want to put you on the spot. But uh, but I I kind of agree. It's interesting. Uh, like I think Bray Wyatt's return has been one of the biggest like busts in any promotion in the past few years. But I, what I always liked about him is like, you never see that body shape anymore. Like who else is like that? Maybe Otis, but otherwise all you have are these giant muscle bound guys that I think are kind of, you know, unrelatable. It's like that. I agree. Like the WCW era. Yeah. They had, you know, Luger and uh, sting and a lot of big muscle guys, but they just had, you know, relatable guys like just, beating the crap out of each other and that it was even though that's been my like biggest disappointment with with, with walter too gunk i i honestly do not i used to love watching his stuff and i don't watch a ton of wrestling anymore um but i would always watch his matches and since he you know slimmed down and put on all that muscle i just find him like so much less engaging was he a bigger bust than uh, matt bush you know <laughs> baseball history oh jeez <laughs> Oh God! You see, this is—I I knew this was going to be happening. I'm like, I've drunk as much coffee as I can. I need to have like my goddamn baseball reference page up or something like that, just so I can like be quickly reacting to all of these things. Like, if folks don't know, uh, like, I mean, he, he mentioned the the, the DM uh, conversation that we were having during the World Series, but like Brandon's ability to just to play like what is often called just like remember some guys in in baseball is pretty much un- unparalleled here just all of these random dudes uh from the past that he'll that he'll be able to pull but um so how did wrestling first kind of come into or at least pro wrestling we talked about you know actual amateur wrestling uh but how does pro wrestling sort of first come in whether it's you know wcw or wwf is it something that like your, your brothers or, or your parents are watching is it stuff that you're kind of picking up through other kids at school or what so when the the first time I watched it, it was we didn't have cable, so they would it would appear like uh, I guess Saturday morning superstars would come on and whatnot. But it was more so my older brother who who uh yeah got he was the first one that really got into it with my father and uh, my dad would do like uh, Macho Man Randy Savage impressions and stuff like that <laughs> early on Saturday mornings and stuff like oh yeah oh, oh, crop, baby yeah time for you to. Get ready for school, Brandon. <laughs> uh, so my father and my older brother, uh, who, uh, God bless Russ, his soul, he's not around anymore. But uh, they were the first two that really got us into uh, pro wrestling, stuff like that. And how many and siblings? And then uh, it, it would be NWA. And, and, you know, my grandmother, too, also. She was a big, big pro wrestling fan. We mm. used to go over there. She had cable. So we went over to her house on the weekends and... This is this is my abuela who I, I've referenced that uh, choke slammed me onto her couch because I was making too much noise and being annoying <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon while she was trying to watch her uh, her superstars on which they would show the replays of and she was a big fan of Hogan and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, uh, if she was a she was a big fan, uh, we we would, <laughs> we would watch. I was like, wow. I was like, wow, you guys have cable, MTV jams. I don't have all this stuff. This is awesome. We could, we should come here more often, Dad. No, we should not. <laughs> she's, a, she's a very complex woman. <laughs> Wait, which was she? Well, obviously, if she chokes family, she's got that. Uh, was she the kind of person who would like yell at the TV, yell at the TV, like the guy she hated, or no? Was she like a she would yell in viewer? Spanish? Yes. Yeah. So I, I guess they're from Puerto. They're from they were from Puerto Rico. So they were, they grew up with Tribala and stuff like that. Over there. Hmm. Is it Tribala? What was it in, in Puerto Rico? Uh, uh, I forget the organization. Uh, Is that the Clones? Uh, yeah, the Clones. Yes. Yeah, I, I think they have their own thing. It's not it's not CMLL or Triple I can't remember the name. Yeah, of that. Why do I call Triple yeah. it, it, it was the Clones organization. So I, go, I guess they grew up with that stuff, and like uh, my dad would 
mentioned stuff like that back in the day. Uh, he grew up on that on the island and stuff before he came here. But uh, yeah, she would yell in Spanish to uh, <laughs> to the to the heels uh, <laughs> when they were, when they were uh, jumping the, the the faces and stuff like that. Yeah, she was very very into into uh, into uh, pro wrestling. <laughs> did 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 any of your did your siblings keep watching along with you? Or a lot of people we oh, talked yeah. to, they're like, yeah, they're like everyone drops off, and then I'm the only one. Did they watch like Nitro with you until the end? Are they are any of them still my, watching now? My my brother, uh my other brother, uh Roman, he's he's a big fan of uh of pro wrestling still and he uh he took a sabbatical too, uh, but then he came back also. But uh my my little brother, he uh when he saw the sting uh uh death match with Vampiro <laughs> When when Sting fell off the stage, he retired from pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "I watched this shit. This shit's fake." Because he saw him fall and he hit the crash pad. Yeah. I think, but he 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 retired before that when he saw the Undertaker and uh, what was it? The Undertaker shooting thunderbolts at uh at Kane over the fire. There was the lightning thing that happened after the Yokozuna beat down and he ascends up and then there's the lightning no, th- strikes. Th- this was another thing where I think I remember them being in the stage and like fire would like shoot out from like the ring post and shit. Like, I think I know what you're talking about. Well, Kane had the Kane had the Kane had the pyro off of the ring posts, but like, but I think I they would like use it against each other at some. I think they were shooting point. each other with like thunder and, and fire or something. I, I, I vaguely remember, but my brother, my little brother saw that and he quit. But then we got him to come back during the Sting Vampiro uh, death match. Was it a death match? <laughs> And and he he hung he hung up his jersey. He was like, "I'm done." Uh, fuck this <laughs> another <shit."> another <laughs> fan loss to Vince Russo booking. <laughs> but you see, I thought I thought the booking like watching those back and watching them in uh, at that time, I thought they were hilarious. Like for like co- comedic purposes, how terrible, how terribly booked it was and stuff like that. I thought it was funny. Uh, I I stayed just for the lulls. <laughs> I think the thing is, it was never boring. But it was sometimes like it was always something happening. It was sometimes so bad you just like couldn't avert your eyes. Yeah, it was. There was always danger on every turn on a, on a Russo book show. And I imagine, like you know, not having grown up in my case, not having grown up with with Crockett with NWA or, or WCW, there's a very particular kind of pathos I think that came for people like yourself who grew up on that stuff and had like such an affinity for it you know and then just sort of see that happen in front of your eyes to this like you know once noble franchise uh and, and everything like i mean i get like you know nate i i always hear that you know in and the uh the keeping it 2000 episodes you know when uh when you can just sort of hear in nate's voice just this like you know the loss of you know the quote you know real authentic you know gritty uh to, to your point about you know the more gritty and relatable characters like the fall of uh, pompeii <laughs> <laughs> Slowly yes. dying, slowly dying in front of you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Except it's not a volcano. It's just it's 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 uh, Titan. It's Bye. one of those I, things, I, like and like you know, we we especially in the early days of AEW, you know, like you had Cody, like sort of like talking up this whole like, yes, the lapsed WCW fan is what we want to find, and that's I mean, it's an interesting thing in 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 sports or whatever these watershed moments. Like I have a friend for whom the combination of the the baseball strike and then the folding of his beloved expos was like that's it i'm 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 leaving baseball behind and like you know he'll come out to like a minor league game with me or like i'm i know i'm going to a bar to watch the world series or something like that he'll tag along but he just can't follow it anymore because of those those moments of heartbreak and that severing of of a link or connection uh to something that he grew up on and did, one question, uh, we want to get back to the non-wrestling stuff. Well, we want to do all of it. But did you then cross over to WWE for like the WCW invasion stuff? Did any of that bring you in? Or you're like, Shane McMahon shows up and you're like, fuck you, I'm out. Did you at least give it a shot when? I did. did. David, I tried. I really tried. It was it was really, really hard to watch. Like, I mean, especially during the invasion angle, you didn't have Sting. You didn't have Goldberg. You didn't have a lot of the NWO guys. You just had like what DDP came later, came a little bit later or whatever during the invasion angle. Or but you didn't really have the guys for that invasion angle, and uh, you, it, 
I couldn't, I couldn't latch onto it. I, it's, I, it's, I checked out. It's, it's the number one lesson of business. You spend money to make money. You know, they made, I, I think Vince, we've seen, like, look what he did to Sting when he came back. He just can, in some ways, can never separate his ego from business. And they had, can you imagine if, like, they got all, like, the A-list talent there with the numbers that that, you know, that in Goldberg, Austin, you know, like, like it would have been incredible. It still blows my mind, you know, that they couldn't, they, that they couldn't see that, so. Oh, they totally fumbled the bag on that. And uh, looking, I, you know, I, I look back, I, I watched that a while ago, the the whole invasion angle, like not too long, like probably like three or four years ago, whatever. But uh, yeah, and I was like, this is, this sucks. And I've, I've listened to podcasts about the history of it and whatnot. And, and it's just, <laughs> that failed Nitro with the uh, attempt with Booker T and Belfast. Oh, so, Jesus. Like, yeah. yeah. I was, it was just it was just so done. It was just badly done. And, and all, it was all for Vince's jollies to humiliate <laughs> WCW and bury it even more. It wasn't for, you know, to, to successfully build the company up. It was just like to humiliate that, that, uh, that old territory, which was, uh, you know, heartening to see itself. So is this around the time then that maybe things like CZW uh, are, are starting to sort of come on your radar, things that maybe uh, at least seem to be kind of carrying the torch of like the, the legacy of those earlier uh, ECW shows that you're going on to? Like, what was your sort of, as we get into kind of like the early 2000s, the very like, you know, PG style post-invasion uh, Fed product being really the only thing that's on big television, are you kind of starting to go out and really dig into the indies at that point? No, not yet. I was I was starting to get into uh, MMA at that time because uh, I think my brother he was in the 82nd Airborne Station in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and he a week I came and visited him, and he had the K1 game, the, the old K1 game. We used to play that when I was at his old apartment, and he sort of kind of got me into uh, uh, Pride, Pride FC, and uh, and whatnot. And I just looked at that. I thought that was that was awesome. Uh, watching Fedor and Nagara and all that stuff. So that that's that was filling my void before I came back to uh, and started going to like CZW shows in 2004 and stuff like that. So that kind of like was the, the filler from my wrestling uh, fandom was uh, mixed martial arts. Now you've mentioned that you've had like a ton of jobs, but the big passion for you is sports. Did you ever have any, did you ever work in sports in like any capacity or give it a shot or it was just something you preferred to have separate? Well, I went to like I went to like seven different colleges to, to try and figure out what I wanted to do, whether it be broadcasting or I, I wanted. I almost became a, a history teacher because I, I love history, you know, mm. Roman history and Greek history and stuff like that. And I was almost finishing up that degree at Stockton uh, College, which is in the Absecon area outside of Atlantic City. When I discovered uh, <laughs> I needed to get a job because. I was just completely spinning my wheels. So, uh, yeah, I had a I had a bunch of jobs, but I never worked in sports. No, no, I never, never filled that void. Okay, I gotta you know as as the person with the you know the humanities degree and, and teaching and everything, I gotta jump in on this classical history uh, scenario here because that's 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 fascinating to me. I we would one I would love to know how that became an area of interest for you that you were uh, you know pursuing at the post secondary level, and two, if you are sort of in agreement with me that the parallels between classical Greek theater and pro wrestling are almost entirely simpatico, but that that that, that second one we can maybe put on the back burner but but yeah uh classical history is is such a very specific field it's a very rich field uh what drew you to that and what was that experience like so we used to have like bookmobiles that would come to our elementary school and i was always fascinated by ulysses and stuff like that those books and stuff like that and the illustrations and whatnot and my mom we, we would always get like uh like certain amount of money she would, my mom would give us to like buy a book or whatever and I was, it was like, I bought Ulysses and I bought like, uh, history of, uh, Roman empire and stuff like that. And that really drove me into that. I, I, it was fascinating that, 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 that part of history, I, I loved it. And that sort of inspired me to try and become a history teacher, but, uh, uh, nah, I needed the job and I needed money and stuff like that. So I, I, I kind of, uh, put that again on the back burner and, uh, I got into driving a crane and then uh, ultimately a, a UPS truck. 
And your second point, I agree with you. They are they are parallel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I just I uh, reread the Iliad uh, a couple of years ago for the first time in forever, and since I got really serious about wrestling or whatever i'm just like everything about this it's completely you know this is like this is a very well booked program that we have here you know between the two stables and, and everything and like 100 shooting the angles getting the getting the firing up the baby face by you know like killing his stable mate and everything it's just it's 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 all there and it's a real reminder i think of just how those very 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 early forms of storytelling are still just running through you know kind of at a subterranean level at so many parts of uh, of the types of uh the types of stories the types of art that we make whatever their whatever their level or register might be um so yeah so the ups thing is also something that i think you know we have kind of i mean some of us have literally seen it right we've literally sometimes seen you know back in the in the zoom call days uh when when the the post shows would be happening on zoom right we, we'd get like the dash cam effectively you know and and, and things like that um what uh, what's been the experience of just sort of like, you know, heading all over? Uh, I, I am assuming it's kind of the entire Eastern seaboard or you've been talking about the travel. Uh, so what's, cool. what's, what's the route? What's the, what's, what's, what's the territory? You know, what are the limits of, of, of Brandon's territory that nobody better, uh, better impinge on with any outlaw mud shows? Uh, Pennsylvania, uh, North, North Jersey, and sometimes into New York with the triaxle trucks. That that's the, that's the territory. It's not. It's not that that vast of a of a driving for deliveries and stuff like that for me. What's no? What's I'm not. What's your average like shift length? Uh, I I usually get done like I I start my my work hours. I start at four and I usually get done like around seven p.m. and stuff like that. If I hustle, I can get back like around six. And one thing is that we're going to talk in a second about how you found Post because that, that's a, a great, fascinating story. But do you listen to like a lot of like podcasts and things like that yes. while you're driving? I, oh, I yeah. get, I'm guessing like that's part of the, how, you know, wow. all this came about. You know, I, I have a I have a routine. It's like, you know, the Post uh, shoulder shows and stuff like that. The Post like, you know, run the wall, raw or Smackdown. And then it's. I got, it's like it's like a lot of long form like uh pro wrestling uh podcasts like uh between the sheets and the lapsed fan podcast and stuff like that because they're like six hours seven hour episodes and stuff like that so that that helps you get through the day yeah it's absolutely that's i mean i feel like at least for a lot of us it it has been specifically commuting <laughs> as a thing that you know really started to draw me into both you know wrestling and baseball podcasts just because you need something for the for those longer commutes and then especially you know just kind of as we were talking about like you know, during the zoom chats or whatever at least for me uh when lockdown happened and i was just at home or working from home or not working or whatever it might be the lack of that kind of time dividing up the day sort of really mucked up my whole like flow of like keeping up with baseball or wrestling because there wasn't this like marked time when I was just like listening to my shows and everything and, 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 uh, and keeping up with all of it. Um, but yeah, to, to, to David's point there, um, Fangraphs audio also helps me out and uh shout out Davey and Braden. They also help out too. I didn't mean to call them shoulder programming. <laughs> <laughs> they are more than shoulder programming. They are good friends. I love those guys. So respect to them. They are not shoulder. They are. You are not just shoulder programming. You. You mean you. You are something. <laughs> Absolutely. And yes, another another big fan graphs uh, and uh, specifically effectively wild. Listener. Oh, I love that podcast. Oh, yeah, that, that, yes. that's 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 my number one baseball one. Yes. Absolutely yes. love those guys. Love those guys. Um. So yeah. So we're we're kind of talking about you know the kind of the whole broader uh, post cosmos here. At what point? I mean, I I feel like I have vague memories of you calling into the law correct me no, if i'm wrong no no okay 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 uh but but at what point does uh does kind of the law slash post world uh sort of come into your orbit so i was i was hardcore into uh show dog radio there was a guy named uh jordan breen fellow canadian probably one of the smartest people like ever in podcasting he was a, a trailblazer and uh he would uh, he's a good friend of john and ways he would appear on their uh the law shows and uh the rewind uh the rewind the ways uh i forget which rewind the way i heard him on but uh i i heard the episode and it really this i was it was like another side to him like and and specifically john and way like i was like this is really funny shit and i should really get into it and then by the time i got into it the law was over and then post wrestling formed in was it 2017 uh mm -hmm. five years am, am i right 
okay, so I and I first the I don't think I was first day Patreon, but I, I uh, subscribed like really quick and I started listening from there. So I'm kind of a late bloomer. Don't don't kill me for that. But uh, I was aware of them. I was aware of the law, but I was I was loyal to Sherry Dog Radio. I I was a shit caller uh, on uh, shit poster on their forums, and I called in to uh, the Jordan Breen show. I think that's where John probably heard from me because uh, he was he was a big MMA fan and whatnot. I don't I don't want to tap myself on the back or whatever, but uh, I would the, the calls you the calls you know me for were even more ridiculous on those episodes uh, on I- those shit. I was going to say, like, I feel like whenever it would have been, like, the first time that I would have started hearing you, it felt like there was existing history between you and John. Like, it would just be like, oh, look who's in the queue. All right, okay, let's let's see what we got going on here. Like, there was side of, and, and, and it just sort of, at least in those early days for me, it just kind of felt like it was this wonderful sort of build of something that gave not just Post, but, like, the call-in elements of Post, just this, like, undeniable extra punch or flavor or, or whatever you want to say um, that is just missing on so many other shows. Bruce and Bruce, I, I remember sending an email saying that I was, I was going to be uh, an executive producer <laughs> and John was like, Oh no, this guy, <laughs> I know who he is. Oh my God. I was like, he knows who I am. <laughs> Fuck. I hope it's not bad or not like that. But uh, yeah, I, that, that, that's basically the gist of how I, I came uh, aboard. Was uh, your was were you? So awesome I, I've been as- doing this shit for like two, since two thousand eight, like doing ridiculous calls. Because like, uh, I heard somebody call in, and and it was like a boring call. Like I was, uh, I was, it was just like your bread and butter question. I was like, you know what? I could do better than this guy. So I called, I called in the MMA show, and and that's how the ball got rolling. Mentioning like Canadian politics to to try to pop. <laughs> <laughs> to pop a Canadian, and, and it, it, it went on from there. Just be um, as absurd as you can to get over. <laughs> two questions. One back back then, have you been known from as Brandon from New Jersey? Been your tag the whole time, or was that just post wrestling? And two, I told someone the other day, I was telling someone a while ago about the Jerky Boys. Uh, they're like, "What the hell is the Jerky <laughs> Boys?" I was like, "How the hell do you not know the Jerky Boys?" You're a Jersey guy. I know you must know the Jerky Boys. Did you ever do any stuff like that? Because like, nah, I no crank calls. I, 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 I'm not talented enough to do that. Uh, I heard them on Stern, and I, I remember growing up, and one of my buddies in, in uh, middle school would, would bring a Jerky Boys tape uh, during yeah. lunch and would play it and stuff like that. And I thought they were all right, but uh, yeah, I was always I always rocked that that Brandon from New Jersey handle. I, I, I don't know, it just kind of stuck. <laughs> It's very catchy. And here we are in 2023 still talking about it. <laughs> you, you, you built a persona. It's like, it's your gimmick. You built. I, I yeah, mean, I guess it's bizarre. <laughs> and you've slowly let us see outside, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like the evolution of wrestling itself. At first it's only gimmick based, like in the eighties, nineties, no one's anything. And then the internet opens it up. So now we know Brandon from New Jersey, the gimmick, but we know Brandon Castro, the per the person, um one so you said that you listen to we won't there's nothing wrong with shoulder like i listened to everything on post did you was it did you just start like listening to you know like rwanda raw and then you started listening to everything and then you started calling in what was the evolution behind from like giving post a shot to be becoming like such an active member of the post world I was I was really nervous when they started taking live calls, and so I it it started it started doing emails like uh, when when John Away would read uh, uh, the feedback on the air, and you know I uh, I was always good at creative writing, uh, except for my fifth grade teacher Miss Florence, who kind of <laughs> I wanted to be a writer too, and she kind of like put me down, saying that I'm not a good writer, and oh. she kind of insulted me. and And I told my mom that, and my mom was very offended, and she talked to her, and uh, she apologized to me and whatnot. Uh, but uh, yeah, so i i put that I put that creative writing to the feedback, and I, <laughs> I just it, it's just like it came to my mind, like just be as absurd and just be yourself as possible. Besides talking about you know, the, the business at hand with the show and whatnot. And, uh, and it, it went from there and I guess they were starting to take live calls and I, I decided to, uh, call in and give it a shot. And here we are. Doing I think a shoot interview. 
I think for me, if we're talking about, you know, sort of like the whole like, oh, thing of calling in and oh, am I, you know, nervous or am I just going to like script my question out beforehand or whatever it is. I think the thing that stuck out for me uh, with those when, again, the rest of us were kind of all starting to get to know you in the early days of post um, was this like, to me, at least it came across as this like incredible combination of like complete nervousness but also incredible like just like balls of steel nerve simultaneously in a way that you rarely ever hear anybody expressing just like you know firing out all of these incredibly uh you know random but also well-researched and often insightful darts uh, of reference or lines of questioning and whatnot in a way that just like was such a unique presence that was just so different you know and i think like a lot of people um you know, myself and David just sort of kind of came to have this like, oh, it's not just somebody like just being a goof or whatever, but like the the person behind this whole uh, line of thought and line of inquiry is is so interesting to us, you know? And so I think that there's been this real sort of like, you know, kind of, I mean, are you aware sort of of that sort of like mystique or persona or sort of the, the, the meta level of how everybody else in post is, is reacting? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm kind of self-aware of it, which is why you can't really do it anymore because everybody knows what's coming and whatnot. And sometimes it's like a bad episode of Raw and, and the email's not going to – the feedback's not going to get over like you want it to be. You know what I mean? Uh, although that one time when uh, <laughs> I pretended I was from uh, – uh, uh, what's that? There, there's like this uh, – help me out here. Uh, I, I remember – I, I'll get back to it. I'll remember at some point. But uh, I remember <laughs> posting it as somebody else and John took the bait. And uh, <laughs> he thought I was completely somebody else. And it was just a weird, weird post and whatnot. But yeah, uh, yeah, I am I am self-aware to, to answer your question. I, I think the interesting thing is too, right? Like now, right? We know you and we know everyone I, likes I was, you. I was Dakota and none of us. I, I was Dakota and none of us. And I wrote <laughs> I remember in. that. I remember that. <laughs> And, and I, I, I went into uh, – who's the guy in the House of Black? Uh, the, the the third guy. Uh, the, the Australian Buddy Matthews. Guy. Yeah, Buddy Matthews. I was like, yeah, but why does Buddy Abushi have a back pocket in his pants? Like, <laughs> and Wayne was like, yeah, this is not Dakota. This is Brandon. <laughs> I, I, I would love to know the post download numbers in Nunavut. That would be That would be fascinating. <laughs> I was I like, think, how do you live in Nunavut? There's like only like what polar bears, and there's like a base there or something. I, I, can't, I can't remember if that uh, you know the that that tour that goes up to the north that was uh, documented in that in that uh, that one episode of the wrestlers. You know that uh, that Kiyomiya was the the young boy on. I'd, I'd love to know if they ever made it all the way up to Nunavut on those tracks. But oh, they sorry, were on that reservation. That was a yeah, good episode. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a wonderful. That is a wonderful episode. Like, uh, yes. yeah, for for folks who haven't uh, seen that one episode, like that taps into so many important issues about about. Canada colonialism, etc. But it's anyway. a shame that that didn't get picked up for another season. I, I know, thought that was so phenomenal, good. so good. Uh, that and the the one about like the gender issues and whatnot with Exoticos oh, yeah. and everything. Uh, so many interesting sides of, of wrestling. I would I'd love to get like I mean even just like an official download set of of those episodes or something. Those are ones that I think would you know I'm always on the lookout for like okay what can I show people who don't who think, okay, wrestling's big, stupid Hulk Hogan stuff, whatever, I don't care about it. What are interesting sort of sociological angles that can be, uh, that can be explored through it. And um, yeah, Damien did a great job with those. Well, I Sorry, think it's but, interesting. Uh, I don't know. Going back to what we were chatting about though, right? Like everyone knows like your gimmick and the stuff, but now we all really know and like you as a person and know more about your life. So it's harder to do just that. But I actually like the balance you have now of also bringing in, bringing your brand of humor, but then actual like your commentary on wrestling. Cause there's so much like crazy shit out there. Like, I think that's why the watch alongs were so fun. Cause it's like, you know, you're a crazy brand of humor. Um, good crazy right like like really funny and unique but then i love when you apply it to wrestling as well as opposed to you know only just about when you just pop them about all this like shit and they're like what does this have to do with anything i think you're like it's finding i mean i love that too and just mainly just their reactions my use my favorite was when they would used to read your feedback and then just stop me way through <laughs> especially john is like yeah um but yeah, I, and I think it's so cool. I when when you were first, uh, especially during um, like COVID, and you would everyone had you on. 
Um, but you didn't want to show your videos like this. Like you're you're fairly like attractive. You're a good looking guy. I I was like I was like, does he have like some like de- de- like deformity? I was like, I don't know. And even then, we still want to see you. My, so my ex wife, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. We all have body dysmorphia issues with ourselves and whatnot. I was kind of shy. You know what I mean? I I, I don't know. Kind of building off of that, I remember there was that whole thing where like you'd shown up for one of the post live shows but like yes, oh you're kind of nervous and shy this. you know and then and like that's like i don't know like that's just so relatable i think to a lot of people it's so right it's like yeah and like we all find ways that like a particular level or frequency that we can engage with or participate in a community but some of those things are going to be more easy or more difficult for us than others right you know some people are like really good at writing feedback but you know like oh god if i call in i'm gonna like seize up and not know what to talk about or whatever it is or like oh i'm totally fine to like hang out with people you know in a group chat or whatever but i oh god meeting people in person at a bar is just kind of you know something that i'm not um you know not super comfy with or or whatever and i just think that that's really like i don't know I, i especially think like since lockdown we've all kind of come into a greater awareness of those different um the different ways in which we sort of communicate and interact with the communities that sort of emergently form when we just kind of group around or hang out around something as, you know, ostensibly silly and goofy as pro wrestling. I remember that first uh, meetup in New York uh, with John away when they had their, uh, at the comedy, at the comedy club. I was so nervous because John was like, oh, you, I hope he comes because he's right there. I, I didn't take that as a threat or whatnot, but I decided to show up and I, I took the train and, and, and came in and out and I met them. And I was, I, they didn't believe me that it was me. But yeah, I, I guess it was, <laughs> you know, it was funny. Uh, MJ was on at that table, uh, a former uh, uh, uh a member of this uh you did an uh, interview with him and whatnot but uh <laughs> he was like oh yeah i hope that brandon from new jersey guy shows up i want to meet that guy and i was like oh fuck man. i'm so glad <laughs> well so i was nervous. gonna say that that would have been that would have been the most branded from new jersey moment ever to send someone as you <laughs> <laughs> that would have been Not, like, you know, that would have been I'm glad you didn't because I'm. I think everyone's really glad that we know actual you. But that was like then when you're like they didn't believe it was me. I'm like, can you imagine if someone shows up pretending to be? They would have like out Brandon. Brandon. Yeah, it would have been so bizarre and and, and so cool. And, and <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing the shoot interview. My my clone would have been. But uh, yeah, I was so like I was not used to going like traveling like I do now. Like if I if I looked at that guy who I was back then to who I am now and who I want to be. Like, I would totally like, I would totally tell this guy, like, dude, you're going to, you're going to do a lot more shit than, than you're going to break out of your shell, especially mm. during COVID and whatnot. Like we were all locked down. I, I mean, that's we, exactly how I felt. I remember, I still remember the first, um, uh, like up next thing where you put on your camera and I was like, I was like, like proud of you. I know. Cause yeah, you've got like a great, it's been so, I mean, we're wrap up in a little bit because we're almost at an hour, but I'm like, I could talk to you like for another, just hearing the stuff about your family and I know we won't get more into that, but you know, I also had a, you know, for complicated family situation and like history, I don't know. There's like so much substance there. I was like, oh, I would like love to hang out with this guy if I still live, live back there. And I mean, oh, like Bruce and I really enjoyed doing this podcast, but apologies to past and future guests i mean i think already this is like the number one thing that i'm excited for people to listen to to really get to know more of you like an onion man there's so many layers man it's it's true you you and you and shrek (laughs) very very deep but uh, like i told bruce i was like i was like this is either going to be like 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 I don't know. I had no, I didn't know what to expect. And I was like, are we going to get like the persona? Are we going to get the person? And I will say being like serious level, it's been so great getting to know, you know, the person. And to me, that makes like then the comedy, like even more, you know, exciting and engaging to me when I get to see the other side of you too. I, I I couldn't come on as a persona. I'm I'm, I'm going to come on as who I am. And this is me. Like, you know, it's awesome. not gonna fake it. I mean, I mean, the the, uh, the guy from Taxi didn't he have that persona, uh, Clifton. Uh, uh, oh yeah, Andy oh Tony Clifton. Tony Clifton. Yeah, Tony Clifton. I, I, I'm not gonna do that to you guys. I would never do that. But uh. 
yeah, no, it's um, you know, to 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 kind of go back to the the Russo era of WCW, like we just kind of like we like ripped up the format sheet, you know, for this one. It was just like <laughs> we, you know, this is gonna this is gonna be a shoot, brother, and we're just gonna see ex- exactly where the conversation. We're gonna call goes. it in the ring. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, I hope um, it wasn't a screw job finish. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. This like, I think great. this has been, yeah, like, no, this has been peak content. I think, yeah, I think it's again, like the whole plan, uh, you know, when, uh, when David first pitched the idea of postmarks was really to sort of like recognize, like, look, yeah, fine, we're all into this like one goofy cultural art form and everything and that's the thing around which we gather but we've gotten just here and there right these little glimpses you know and, and obviously in some in some people's cases it's it's much more like quiet or subtle or not as like you know overt or loud or like you know <laughs> coming out of like classic you know like something awful shit posting or whatever are you know the the, the backgrounds that that you might have in terms of being a poster this is byzantine era type shit you were doing oh yeah <laughs> yeah no 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 we can we can get into that and but uh you know, but my point is that, like, I think we all sort of recognize, and specifically David in pitching the show, recognize, like, look, there's like, there's interesting little glimpses or pieces of people that we are getting here through feedback, through Collins and whatnot. Uh, and nominally, we're all just like, you know, not entirely, but a majority of like dudes sitting around talking about this kind of this silly thing in pro wrestling. Uh, you know, and as the guys on um, the wellness policy were recently talking about with the friendship episode, like, okay, maybe you sort of like, you find or encounter people and you have like certain regular habits that form around a particular shared interest. But there's all sorts of ways, right, in which you begin to actually come to understand and know people uh, at levels beyond that, right? And I think that that's really a big part of the point behind, you know, the initial idea for Postmarks and something like this, right, where where we're really, really getting to dig into, you know, the ups and downs and, you know, the various, you know, turns that your life has taken for good and for bad and everything like that. Uh, You know, I, I think that stuff's really important, right? It just reminds all of us that, you know, regardless of what our gimmick is, regardless of, you know, what we like to call in and talk about, regardless of the fact that, you know, oh, if so-and-so calls in, we know that they're going to be complaining about this company or that company or whatever it is. Like there's so, uh, you know, there, there, there are these, you know, full complete human beings behind all of that. And, and we all, we, we are, we are passively interacting with one another just by chatting on the forum, calling into the show and everything. Uh, so getting chances like this to actually really dig in, just, just, I don't know, feel very special, feel very connective and just, at least in my case, you know, kind of makes me feel like I'm actually part uh, of this whole larger community. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you're talking about community, it's it's a it's a really good community. I didn't really have expectations for that, like like that, like. But a lot of these guys, like, some of these people are my friends now. Like, uh, like I, it's it's crazy how that has developed. You know, like I don't want to give, I don't want to shout out everybody, but there are there are certain people who, you know, I. I talk to a lot, like every day, like, I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty incredible. It's, it's a good vibe, you know, it's all positive. And, and we all have the same, uh, idealistic type of, uh, things that we believe in and whatnot. And we believe in, uh, are into, and it's, 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 it's pretty interesting. It's, it's pretty cool. It's, I respect it. And and it takes work, right? And it takes a little bit of courage and bravery for people to do oh, yeah. that, right? You know, to like actually kind of like strike up a conversation with, with people. Like I had a great time, you know, like just like, shooting the shit about the world series with you just in the, in the DMS, you know, when that was happening, I'm like, this is great. Like, I don't, you know, like you and I kind of like, you know, pass like ships in the night or whatever it is like on the Collins or whatever, but it's like, Oh yeah, I'm just getting to like, you know, it's, it's like, I'm just sitting around at a bar watching the ball game with Brandon. This is fantastic. I'm really enjoying Bruce or or Bruce Lord's craziness into hip hop. This dude is (laughs) insane with nineties hip hop, but it's, but it's, it's such a bracketed period for me. Like I always say that, um, hell hath no fury by the clips was like the last time that I was aware of what was going on and then i'm just like nope i'm old i'm middle-aged i've lost my whatever knowledge that i have there but uh but yeah there's a there's a certain period over there and this is again right stuff like this stuff like you know the fact that you have a background in classical history is amazing to me that's mind-blowing right and that's something that i don't know i mean maybe it would have eventually come up organically you know if you started talking about hector or achilles or something like that when on one of your (laughs) collins i don't know but 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 yeah, stuff like this I mean, is important for that. Yeah, it's we can definitely script it. Let me write it down. Hold on, Hector, Hector, Achilles, John, Unway. What do you think? How that compares to it's the same for me too. But like, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm glad people 
uh, knew about that. I, I didn't expect that to come out, but uh, you know, everyone, you know, everyone has a different background, and it's good to be as diverse and not be uh, brick and mortar the same thing. Yeah. It, it's 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 good. It's good to. <laughs> I I said, people have. Their- I said the worst thing to be in life to me is normal. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Uh, agreed, one hundred percent. And let me tell you. I'm not normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that—that's what—that's why we like you, I mean, and, and, and that's good. I, I like being different compared to uh, you're a genetic freak. You're not normal, <laughs> and so the average postmarks participant only I mean, has a fifty percent chance of. <laughs> anyway, sorry. exactly. I mean, coming up culturally, like uh, this was who I was, and people didn't really accept me uh, for uh, how different I was, whether it be my humor or, or the way I dressed. It was completely different, and. Uh, I like that. I didn't want to be like everybody else. And uh and that's that's the good thing about about the zest of life, being different. Yeah. It I think that's true and it also, right? I I feel the same way about me sometimes I'm like I never fit in anywhere, but then the people I did fit in with, I'm like it really hit it off and like this is probably the most anticipated we've had and there's amazing people in the post community. We've loved everyone we talked to. Most people are pretty unique, but why is this going to be probably the most anticipated one we've ever done? Because being unique, you know, does uh, draw people in, even for all the time. I don't know. Like society, all they want to do is, you know, squash you, squash that individuality. And it takes a lot. Yeah, even when you're that that your suit dispute at work, I was like, fucking love. I know, I love hearing this. I'm like, I just love. Yeah, I I just I picture you working there. It's like, yeah, like fuck these like all these conformist guys, and here comes Brandon's. Like, I'm just gonna do my own thing. And I think uh, to get to it takes a lot of bravery to keep going through the world like you want to be when the world is constantly trying to make you into what they want to be. So I I think that's. Awesome. And that's why I've always been such a big fan of you. It's like, here's what I think's funny. Here's what I like. And I'm just going to go do it. And then, like you said, it's awesome to see the full person b- behind that. And fine. if it doesn't get over, fine. We'll try something else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, we're, we're running a little bit over time here, but I think with good cause, because as David's been saying, uh, this has been a long time in the works. But I, I think for myself, it's absolutely uh, been worth the wait and, and, and has paid off in full. And, and I really hope uh, that the other listeners, that the, the other members of the post uh, community feel the same, feel like they've gotten to know uh, a whole bunch more uh, about, you know, the man behind the laugh, the man behind the calls, the man we all love, Brandon from New Jersey. Dude, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I'm really glad that we were finally able to get this together. Uh, thank you, guys. You guys are terrific. Love the episodes. Love, love what you do. Bringing different perspectives from uh, from pe- different uh, different uh, postmarks in the post universe. Uh, it's great. It's lo- it's awesome. It's it's cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, uh, sorry for the delays again. Uh, you know, it was circumstances worth it. beyond my control, but I blame myself <laughs> and communications error in not installing Chrome on my laptop. <laughs> We made it happen. But yeah, uh, I'm happy to have done this. It's, it's great. Even we still, I, 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 no, no, never mind. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate it. All right. And everyone reach out to Brandon and tell him how much you liked hearing his story. Cause I, I really feel like everyone's going to really enjoy this. This is, it felt like an hour flew by. Like I said, we could do, you might be the first person we have back for hour two. So we'll see. <laughs> All right, and we'll see you guys wait, all next did, time. Wait, didn't you do? Wait, didn't you do like a seven-hour episode with Hansi or something? <laughs> I don't know. That was a, that was just a regular episode. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> all right, we'll see you guys next time.